0: Like David and his temple plans, your ways are not my ways. You don't need me to build a temple to know that you love me still. Oh, oh. Like Israel on the shore, all I see is crashing waves. Like Israel on the shore, it's through the wild you make a wave. I will go where you go, I will stay where you stay, oh. And I don't want to go if you're not going before me. I don't want to go if you're not going before me. I don't want to go if you're not going before me. I don't want to go if you're not going before me. Like Moses in the desert, I want to see the land. But like Moses in the desert, I can't fully see your plan. Till your love doesn't stop when I see the land from a mountaintop, oh. Like Peter on the hill, I want to make this my place. Like Peter on the hill, before your transfigured face. I will go where you go, I will stay where you stay, oh. Boom. Jesus in the garden, won't you take this cup from me, like Jesus in the garden, you don't call where you won't leave, wanna love like you love, wanna bleed like you bleed.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. It's a joy to be able to get together uh, and worship God together. If you're new here, my name's Jay. I'm one of the pastors here. And this morning is kind of a special morning. Uh, you'll find out more, uh, but we are going to be talking about uh, something you may have heard about through the last few weeks, a couple months, uh, the City Roots Project. So just uh, pique your interest there. But we're going to begin our time with some singing from hearing from God's Word and, and prayer. Uh, would you stand with me with us? And I'm going to read from Psalm ninety five. This is Psalm ninety five, the first three verses here. It says this. Oh God, we are gathering this morning um, to sing praises to you, to remember your goodness toward us in Christ, to acknowledge, God, that you are our rock and our salvation. Would you help us this morning to see you rightly, to see you as the great God the great king above all gods, and give you uh, praise accordingly. Would you be with us here in a, in a special way this morning? You are always with us, and we know that. But would you help us, help us be aware of your presence among us today? Shape us and form us as we sing, as we hear from your word, and as we worship together. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's sing.
2: Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray, unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope, like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. We are your church, and we need your power. The kingdom here, let the darkness fear Show your mighty hand, heal our streets and lands Set your church on fire, when this nation You're our joy and prize To see the captive hearts release The hurt, the sick, the poor in peace We lay down our lives for heaven's cause We are your church And we pray revive this earth Build your here, let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand, heal our streets and land. Set your church on fire, win this nation back. Change the atmosphere, build your kingdom. Here, we pray. Unleash your kingdom's power, reaching the near and far. No force of hell can stop your beauty-changing hearts. You made us for much more than this. Awake the kingdom seed in us. Fill us with the strength and love of Christ. Are your church? We are the hope on earth. Build your kingdom here. the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand. Heal our streets and. Shook
3: Good morning. Welcome to City Church. My name is Chipper. I'm one of the pastors here. We are a church aspiring to be an authentic community, walking with God in our city. It's been kind of a surreal week, a hard week, um, particularly hard, obviously, for Ukrainians, our brothers and sisters in Christ who are living in Ukraine. What a gift it is that we get to gather here um, this Sunday morning in worship as a people of God, and I want to tell you that I think in some measure that's actually happening even in the Ukraine this morning. I saw a couple of reports, one pastor who said as long as the, the building is still standing this morning, we are going to try to make our way out there and do a sermon, and um, I know at least one church there is a baptism scheduled to happen, probably already has happened based on the, the time change, so God is at work, and he is moving, and we're going to be praying uh, for Ukraine and just a few moments we would love to get to know you we would love to be connected with you Um, please consider filling out a connection card you you have connection cards in your bulletins the things that you get when you walk in the door each morning if you would consider filling that out particularly with your prayer requests and putting that in the seat pocket in front of you then we will pick those up after the service we will pray for you uh, during the week our staff makes that a huge priority you can also fill out a virtual connection card citychurchgmv.com connection do that on your phone same card goes to the same place, and so we would encourage you to do exactly that. We worship a generous God. Part of our responsive worship as the people of God is giving generously. You can give online, citychurchgnv.com/give. There's also a brown box in the back of the sanctuary with some envelopes and some pins. I'm going to keep our announcements brief because we have a lot on our plates today. A lot of really wonderful things. Um, the main thing I want to tell you. Is that we are doing quite a lot in the way of um, educational opportunities. We are having a, a presence, a class called Physical uh, Education, which focuses on um, basically what is the significance of God's presence with us? What does it mean to be embodied people? What does it mean to be somewhere? Um, how does that affect us spiritually? Why is that such so? I, I count physical presence, just so you know, and being embodied people as probably one of the top three things that we should be caring about and thinking about today, pastorally. Um, And so I hope that you will come to this class again. The second session is tomorrow um, at 7 o'clock right here in the sanctuary. We would love to see you here. It's being co-taught with myself and my group, one of the pastors of Creekside Community Church, just a few miles up the road from us. I also want to mention that the women's Bible study in the book of Hebrews is continuing. We have a Monday night version on Zoom at 8 o'clock, and then we have an in-person same study Tuesday mornings, 930 this sanctuary. We would love to have you there. We would love to have you be a part of it. Wednesday night, Christianity, questioning Christianity. This is an opportunity for folks to have um, a dialogue about some of the difficult issues that face the Christian faith and to have a space where we can honestly articulate uh, doubt, um, confusion, disappointment, that we can just kind of go at it together as, as a people of God. So I would encourage you if you're the kind of person who wants to have some honest dialogue to show up on Wednesday nights, this is in the community room, uh, which is right behind the lobby. It starts at 6.30. We have a meal together. It's open to everybody It got started this past week, but it's not too late. None of these things are really ever too late to join, so we'd love to see you participate. And of course, our community groups, which are the relational backbone of our church. It's where we really get to know each other. Um, we eat together. We pray together. We serve our city together. We study God's Word together. Those are open and ongoing. They're never closed. If groups get large, they become two groups. So please consider um, plugging into one of those. There's information in your bulletin. Come find me after the service. I'll tell you all about it. Um, they're on different nights of the week, in different places. So consider that. One thing that I want to mention um, before we move on to praying for the Ukraine is that one of the churches that helped, C- City Church is almost nine years old. Uh, one of the churches that helped start City Church Um, nine years ago, was Christ Community Church, which is a Presbyterian church about um, 10 or so miles west of here. Today, they are actually celebrating their 25-year anniversary. So they were a church plant, um, you know, back in the mid-late 90s themselves. And then later on, they helped plant us, and they are having a 25-year celebration today, which I think is a really beautiful testimony to the Lord's faithfulness. Just a reminder that every church was a church plant at some point, right? Um, So praise God for the work he's doing in their midst as they celebrate and have a meal. They're having a meal after their service. You could just show up. Just go to that, right? Um, probably, what, twelve thirty or so? I would love it. Just, just be there. I'm sure there'll be enough food. I would love to invite you to join us in praying um, for the Ukraine. Let me read this scripture passage. This is from book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 29 through 31. Different set of circumstances but still I think some really important themes that carry over really well. This is, a, um, and this is regarding the early church when they were dealing with some threats and some persecution shortly after Pentecost. Acts chapter 4, verses 29 through 31. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed in the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Let's pray together. Lord, we are extremely sad, heartbroken, grieving, I think rightly angry, in light of what we see going on right now in Ukraine. Father, for Ukrainians, we do pray that your peace would be a source of supernatural strength, We pray for the church in Ukraine that they would be able to share that peace with other people who are searching for it and are disoriented. We pray for churches who are this very afternoon in Ukraine organizing um, lots of things, in some cases services, in some cases they're helping people uh, flee to the western part of the country or even to other countries. We pray for the church in particular in Poland, who is welcoming quite a lot of refugees right now. You would give them wisdom about how to care for them well and show them Christian hospitality. Lord, we pray for protection. You care about human lives infinitely more than we do. And so I pray that you would watch over every single human life and that you would do things that would shock us when we hear about them, that stories would emerge of, of your gracious protection that would, that would completely blow us away. Father, would you, would you protect people? And especially, Lord, would you protect and watch over families, especially families with young children? We know that the past few nights there have been families, there have been kids who have been sleeping on concrete floors and metro stations. Lord, would you be with them in particular, protect their lives, protect their, their minds? And Lord, even though there, there is inevitably going to be some trauma and some harm done, I pray for healing. That you would superintend a, a mighty uh, restoration of their minds in the coming weeks and months and years as they process all of this. Lord, would you pray for comfort? We pray, Lord, as well, that you would open opportunities for the gospel, that you would give believers in Ukraine space for conversations, for honest conversations, and that people would put their hope in Christ. We pray that not only in the Ukraine, but also in Russia, that all of these global circumstances, Lord, would prompt re-examination of eternal things, repentance, confession, Father, we do pray for those who are we would consider to be the adversaries right now who are are waging this aggression. We begin, Lord, by praying for conversion that there would be a supernatural act of God in their hearts that they would be convicted. Father, we also pray for divine constraining of evil even at this very moment that people experience the conviction of God, lay down their their weapons and retreat. And Lord, we pray for divine justice in the face of evil. And we thank you, Lord, that at the end of the day, you are in charge of this justice, you are in charge of of vengeance, and we commit that to you and submit that to you and trust that you will do rightly. And Father, to circle back to this, Acts chapter 4 passage, I pray that believers in Ukraine, even as we pray this very moment, would experience the Holy Spirit's presence in a way that they never have before. That the buildings that they're in would, would shake, not because of violence, but because of how you're moving and acting. That your presence would be palpable and powerful And Lord, I pray that we would investigate our own hearts as we stand up for righteousness and justice in the face of evil. May we also be keenly aware of our own sin. And so that as we boldly pursue justice and as we lend our voices for the people, for the benefit of the people of Ukraine, that we do so with humility. We love you, Lord, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We planted City Church nine years ago, and when we planted City Church, one of the things that we said was that this was, Lord willing, going to be a marathon, not a sprint. That we weren't going to charge bright and hot for a little while, but we were going to be here faithfully for for years, decades to come. And today we are really celebrating one of the more monumental steps that we've ever taken, along that marathon journey that we've been talking about. It's a surprising time for this step, church, and we'll get into that in a little bit. I didn't imagine that we would be taking this step coming out of a a two-year pandemic. I didn't imagine that we would experience a pandemic (laughs) at all. I didn't imagine that war in Europe would break out this very week. And yet we feel extremely confident that the Lord has called us to take a very large step toward the goals that we laid out for our church when we started when we were, when we were a group of 30 people meeting on the porch of Georgia and Mary Lebo. And so we're gonna show a video that gives you a sense of what's going on here and then after we show that video we're gonna have a panel of people up here who are going to tell you more about exactly what's happening, and we trust that God will work in power as you take all this in, and that you are encouraged in the name of Jesus. Launching the City Roots project, the thing that I keep thinking about the word that I keep thinking about is gratitude. I'm grateful to the Lord for sustaining our church family for the past nine years, but in particular these past of years. Imagine this, imagine having a larger sanctuary on the first floor that accommodates now 400 people instead of what we currently have, which accommodates 200 people. Imagine having much larger children's ministry spaces to accommodate more kids and to more effectively use our volunteer children's ministry. Imagine having a much larger and well-crafted space throughout the week to serve hopefully youth and kids in our city. Imagine this space being at the same time, all of those things. So, we are launching the City Roots Project, which is an opportunity for us to cultivate gospel presence in downtown Gainesville for generations. So in other words, to do more of what we've been doing in our city already for the past nine years, which is to love it well, to love one another well, to love God, and then to love our city. Right now, we lease 6,500 wonderful square feet of space in the heart of downtown Gainesville. It served us really well. The City Roots project is an opportunity for us to buy our whole building, about 23 or so thousand square feet, and then renovate it over the next four or five years in order to suit our needs and the needs of our city. Having roots in this community allows us to build deeper relationships, allows us to build trust. The longer we're here, the better relationships that we build with all of our neighbors, with small businesses, schools, you name it, the more we're able to know the people who don't have homes, who live around us, the better we're able to tailor the ministry of our church to actually match those needs. And the better relationships that we build, the more opportunities that we have to actually serve them well, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. We have a short-term and a long-term goal. First, we need to get our lawyers together. It's under contract right now. We need to close on it. And to close on it, we need just over $500,000 in order to close on it. Really good news is that we have saved almost half of it in the past few years, and we have it on hand. So we need $300,000 to close at the end of March. And so we would absolutely love it if you would consider giving a gift that will help us make this short-term goal and own our space, which will be outstanding in its own right. We're kind of asking for both a our short-term and a long-term commitment, or, or a short-term financial gift that you can give now that helps us close, and then a long-term commitment to continue giving over the next three years even though we're asking you to invest financially and prayerfully in buying this building and renovating this building, that's not really what you're investing in. You're really investing in Sunday morning gatherings where Jesus is being preached and people are growing spiritually and they're being rooted and established in a love of God and understanding what that means. That's what we're in need of. That's what we are, are calling you to consider prayerfully. And of course, regardless of how much you're able to give financially, we're gonna need your prayers the whole way through. This ultimately would be God's work. If it happens, it's his doing. And so we need you to be prayerfully engaged as you already are in so many ways. So I wanna say thank you for watching. Many of you, if not most of you watching this video, have already been partnering with us in some way, either recently or even for the past decade. But thank you as well for considering this new opportunity to invest in this building and renovating this building, but ultimately to invest in our city, to invest in our efforts to love Gainesville, to love one another, and to love God.
4: All right. I'm Ryan, one of the pastors here, and uh, I have also been blessed with the, the responsibility of helping to oversee the City Roots project over the last several months. And uh, as Chipper mentioned, we are going to have a, a panel up here for, of folks who are going to share a little bit of their experience. So I'm going to go ahead and invite the panelists up. While they are making their way up here, um, I'll just say that, you know, when when. Chipper and Kristen and Katie and I, along with the Frakowitzes and the U's, moved uh, from Chicago back down to Gainesville almost 10 years ago. Yeah, they're a little, a little bit squeaky there. Uh, back, to, back down to Gainesville about, about 10 years ago to start laying the foundation for, for City Church. Our, our vision and our conviction was to see a gospel-centered church established in the heart of our city that it would be the, the light of Christ, the salt of Christ in downtown Gainesville, m- ministering the good news, serving the needs of our city. And it has been amazing to see God's faithfulness, to see the ways in which God has worked every, every step of the way, uh, to see the ways that he has changed lives, to see people come to faith in Christ, to see people grow in their depth and love for the Lord, uh, to, to see God and to see God's providence in and, and providing for just what we need at each stage. So whether that was when we were meeting in, in homes or when we were uh, setting up on Sunday mornings at Joe Lee's and sometimes, you know, cleaning up the restrooms from the parties there the night before, uh, or, you know, or or enjoying the, the old food smell, wafting from the Indian restaurant right next door. You know, all these great memories back then or then to God providing this space where we were able to renovate this and lease this portion of the building back in 2015. Uh, God has been faithful. He's provided for us exactly what we need every step of the way. And so it's exciting to look ahead now to, to think about what this next phase for City Church will look like. And so as we're doing that, we wanted to invite some leaders in our church to share about how, what they have seen the Lord do in City Church in their time here, as well as their dreams for what this uh, City Roots project could, how it could expand the possibilities for our ministry. So we're going to start with uh, Chipper, and Chipper, why don't you kick us off with sharing a little bit about how you envision um, the City Roots project uh, relating to our vision as a church.
3: There's a real sense in which we have believed from the start that um, our ministry would become more and more efficacious the longer that we're here, which is why we're calling this the City Roots Project, is that real ministry happens when you stick around for a long time and build relationships in your community and you build trust. I also would like to make a quick, this is, a, this is kind of a, a statement for all of Gainesville. I, I, there's probably too much transience in Gainesville for Gainesville's good as a city, uh, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Some of that's inevitable, right? We have universities here. It's going to happen. But part of our, our presence here is we, we don't want to be part of that transience theme. We want to be a church that's here for a long time, and maybe even a church that provides a kind of relational cohesion and so forth that encourages more people to stay around for a while and to make their home here and to invest in the city um, to care for people spiritually. To pay attention to the physical and emotional needs that are in our downtown community. All of that implies a certain amount of longevity. A lot of people, if you have conversations with them in Gainesville, they will say they struggle to care to some degree about a lot of the pressing needs, not because they're cold, heartless people, but because they know they're leaving soon. And so we want to be a we want to be here for the long haul and we want to encourage people to join us. Even to do one more year in Gainesville than you thought. I could get going on that. I'm the biggest Gainesville Homer you've ever met, <laughs> annoying, um, if you mind say. But that's why we're here. That's why City Church is here. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say these these wonderful panelists are going to flesh a lot of this out. So, you know we this the whole point of this City Roots project is cultivating a gospel presence in downtown Gainesville for generations. And our theme passage is Ephesians chapter three verses fourteen through twenty one, which I'm going to preach on very briefly after this panel, but what do we mean by gospel presence? That could be kind of vague, Christianese language, and so I just want to point us to this is statement number eight in our statement of faith, our article number eight in our sta- city church has a statement of faith as is every church in our denomination, the Evangelical Free Church of America. So I just want to read this. this. So this is what we're hoping for, and it's right out of our statement of faith. I'm not getting fancy, I promise. So here we go, on our website. We believe that God's justifying grace must not be separated from his sanctifying power and purpose. God commands us to love him supremely and others sacrificially, and to live out our faith with care for one another, compassion toward the poor, and justice for the oppressed. With God's word, the Spirit's power, and fervent prayer in Christ's name, we are to combat the spiritual forces of evil. In obedience to Christ's commission, we are to make disciples among all people, always bearing witness to the gospel and word and deed." Those are the things that we are up to here in downtown Gainesville. And having a space that we could call our own would serve all of those things. The goal here in the City Roots Project isn't so much to have a building. It's actually to press more faithfully into this mission with a building in tow. Hopefully that will become more apparent as we hear from all the panelists.
4: Yeah. Should have introduced everyone when I sat down. <coughs> uh, in addition to Chipper, uh, Tyler Jacobs is our pastoral resident. He's been serving in a, a, a staff role now for a couple of years. Jennifer Parker wears many, many hats uh, in the City Church community. Uh, she serves currently as a community group leader, has led the hospitality team in years past. Maggie Ansel. Uh, is extraordinary in many ways. She uh, currently helps us with our children's ministry. She is the logistics guru for volunteer coordination and scheduling and everything. And then Mark Szymanski also has served in many, many, <laughs> many roles, and I have to uh, often restrain myself from sending too many emails to Mark because <laughs> he's that he's very helpful with a lot of things. Uh, but he leads community group, serves yeah. as an elder, oversees our, our finance team as well. So uh, the next question uh, goes to Jin. Jin, why is this project important for hospitality from
5: your perspective? Sure, yeah, good morning everyone. So when we think about hospitality, it's more than just what the doors look like or whether or not we have a fancy bulletin um, to greet somebody. It's really about extending the love of Christ and seeing people the way that Christ sees them. And so having a building whereby we can expand that opportunity and have from a logistical standpoint the first floor open and ready i feel like it'll be even more welcoming so that we can have a few more people standing there make it a visual presence where people can come in and be greeted and have space for prayer we have space to kind of sit down or come to the side you know i mean when we come to church we have this opportunity to really connect with the lord and with each other and really grow and be restored in him and so i think as we fulfill different roles of greeting and meeting functionally, I think having that ground level is just going to be more inviting and then obviously way more accessible for individuals of all different capabilities.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Uh, We'll go to Mark now. Uh, Mark, how can this project help our church grow in uh, presence and purposefulness?
6: So yeah, when I think about presence, I think it's really cool that God's given us this opportunity to take this really ordinary building, I think someone told me this was a Sears building uh, at some point in the past, it has been many things, but take this ordinary building and animate it with the gospel community really would speak uh, to the larger community about uh, the, you know, the glory of God. And, uh, and it's not surprising for those who know scripture because we see God using uh, ordinary people in very ordinary places Uh, to accomplish extraordinary things. So I think about that when I think about presence. And then as to purpose, um, you know, uh, uh, roughly nine years ago, Maureen and I were very comfortable with a bunch of people we really loved uh, at a a church. We've been our home for many years. And uh, we left and came part of uh, City Church team because we were convinced that uh, it was vital to plant new churches uh, for the body of Christ. You know, the, uh, the Bible does say that the church is the body of Christ. And we all know from basic biology that um, the day you stop uh, producing new cells is the day you begin to die. And um, so it's really vital and important and uh, that we um, uh, continue to plant new churches as Chipper has already mentioned. And I believe that this space, together with staying focused on our mission, which our mission is to be and make disciples of Jesus Christ, uh, we're gonna succeed in being able to plant churches, that plant churches, so, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's great, and to do that in a way that's sustainable for our church body. Um, Great, Maggie, you help a lot with logistics and volunteers and children's ministry, as I alluded to earlier. Can you share a little bit about why Uh, this City Roots project is significant for ministry to children and families.
7: Yeah, sure, so um, I think what we've been really blessed um, through Vicki, our children's ministry director and through our teachers um, and our volunteers, a huge amount of volunteers, um, that uh, a lot of the people um, of City Church really have, um, God has given them a heart and a vision for serving our children because um, the children and the youth of City Church are just as much part of the church as the adults, I think that's often forgotten, Um, and that it's just as important to disciple and evangelize them and to support families and parents in how they disciple and evangelize to their children. And so being able to have a space where all of the children can be together potentially in a single service, um, a single unified community, Mm -hmm. um, that is incredibly important for creating uh, community amongst children um, instead of sort of, the to a service model, which is wonderful and works well, but uh, that would be really wonderful. And then also just equipping us with the logistical space, but then also just the the physical, but also emotional and uh, intellectual room to grow and pursue the vision that Vicki and our teachers have. Um, There's so many exciting ideas that we have that um, could be accomplished. Um, It would also just help with um, inviting in new families, things, the idea of like, you know, Anytime uh, a mom has, you know, meets a neighbor um, who's also a mom, you can say, yeah, come to City Church, don't worry. There's childcare, your ki- children will be taken care of and served well. Um, that's an important thing to be able to truly be um, equitable and inclusive in the way that we pursue communities by offering services like that. Mm-hmm.
4: Amen. Okay, and then Tyler. Uh, Tyler has helped this year with community engagement initiatives and done a fantastic job. Um, Tyler, how do you envision this project fostering greater community engagement in the future?
8: Yeah, so uh, ch- like what Chipper was saying, I think we see community engagement uh, here as an outflow of the way that Christ has engaged with us, that it's a, our desire to be not just in Gainesville, in downtown to preach the gospel of salvation, but to also live that out and inviting people into our space so that we can show them the love of Christ in those initiatives. And so obviously more space allows for more room to host people and host events in a safe way. Um, Some of you know that we hosted a Christmas banquet um, last semester for those who are experiencing homelessness in downtown, and um, it was great. And we had a lot of people here, but we had to completely flip the sanctuary room here. We had to move everything around in the community room and weren't even sure if we'd have enough space for the food that we got which is which is a a blessing but at the same time uh you know the thought comes into your mind that man we'd love to do this uh, more consistently more often and um, invite as many people as we meet downtown uh, who are in physical need to welcome them into our church and so um yeah i think hopefully even things like added facilities um, i mean we're thinking about maybe a shower of some kind being our building or even a prayer room like those are, those are aspects that I think um, show people in downtown that this is a place of rest physically in downtown, and ultimately that points to the rest that we know we have in Jesus. So I think that connection is huge. Yeah.
4: yeah. And, and the banquet was such a beautiful picture of the gospel, I felt like um, a, a blessing to the folks in, in downtown who are experiencing homelessness. And it was also fun to get to be a part of it in the backside, you know, because there were like chickens and hams just hanging, you know, laid out on couches and (laughs) (laughs) running around microwaving plates as fast as we can. So a kitchen would be helpful. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to open this up to to all of you guys just to share any experience that you have uh, that that you want to share with the church. So our primary mission is to be and make disciples of Jesus Christ. How do you envision this project promoting greater disciple-making? All right, I'm
7: going to totally jump in on just this one. Just go for it, Maggie. Because, well, just like I was mentioning before, like, children are, like, our most consistent example of Um, people who should be discipled. Um, And so I think that I think we often think of, oh, well, we need to disciple, you know, the uh, new people as they come in. We need to disciple leaders. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's even in the tagline of this campaign is like, you know, we're building a church for generations. And, you know, what greater investment than discipling the next generation of Christians who will be the future leaders of city church you know god willing that to me is a huge part of discipleship is discipling our youngest
8: yeah i'll, I'll add um you mentioned <coughs> christian christianity the class that we're hosting uh which is designed for people who are potentially skeptic or who are not christians um in our downtown area and i i think uh that's that's a big part too when you mention even like the great commission of going and making disciples um there's a aspect of that of, of going out and seeking those who maybe are not yet disciples and then hopefully bringing them in and so I, I think going back to the space aspect um this new renovation which you can see these renderings in the booklets that we're going to give you today um there's more multi-purpose rooms and there's there's certain rooms set up that we can have more of those type of events going on and not have to worry that um, you know the sanctuary is full on that night, but uh, or that we're hearing the band play in the background because the community room is so close to the sanctuary. <laughs> but we can we can have those educational spaces so that we can invite people who are um, maybe more skeptical of Christianity, and then hopefully introduce them to discipleship and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus.
3: Yeah, and I'll I'll jump in now and mention that. One of the really great problems that we're having is we are running out of space on the regular to do the kinds of things that God has called us to do physically, uh, spiritually. We'll have classes meeting at the same time. We'll have outreaches going on at the same time and really not have a place to put everybody. And so we're still going to do it. But what it means is we end up spending quite a lot of staff hours, staff hours trying to be really innovative (laughs) and trying to figure out how we're going to make all this possible. So actually having more space to hospitably do these kinds of things will allow us to redirect some of our staff time to actually you know meeting with people and investing in people spiritually and less time on logistics which will bless the church a lot yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll just add
6: that I love YouTube and I spend time watching it but you can't merely make disciples watching YouTube you know people watching YouTube so there needs to be presence as we've been yep. talking about recently
4: yeah, and on the present theme, I mean, I think that was just personally a big reflection for me. Uh, it's been great to see how the Lord provided for us over the last couple of years. Being able to meet outdoors was a tremendous blessing. But our first Sunday back here, you know, last summer after we had beaten COVID, uh, was just so amazing. To, it, it was just such a reminder for me of the, the gift of corporate worship and the value of corporate worship and having a place where we can— Gathered together. um, And that is instrumental in the discipleship process and growing. Part of us being disciples and growing disciples is gathering and worshiping together, reminding each other of the word. So, a final question for all of us uh, Why is this project meaningful to you? Maybe just a couple of folks who would like to share. Okay. Are we on? Okay.
5: Um, I'm really stoked about this project because it's a continuation of the excitement that Joel and I have had for downtown Gainesville and just our whole, the whole trajectory of us being here has been something that God has just been like, just wait, just wait, just wait because we were, when we first moved here in 2010, thought we gotta get out of here, this is a podunk town, why are we here? This has nothing for us, we're big city people, let's go. And we tried as hard as we could and then Um, City Church was announced through Christ Community where we had been going for a couple years and we're like oh my gosh this is it you know and it's just been an amazing ride this entire time and just helping out with transitioning from Jolie's to this space and now we get to have more permanence in a town that this past year has been incredible God has just really opened up the floodgates of I'm building this city my way I'm making it awesome I'm making it exciting Joel and I are starting a business downtown as well and so it's just so wonderful to see how God's goodness is real and his transformative powers are just unimaginable in all the right ways. And so to be able to do more of that and just expand on what all the wonderful things he's done already, is just, it's super exciting for us. So we're really stoked, yeah.
6: Yeah, I'll just mention that I've been in this town for many years, I came here to graduate school and never left. And it's really exciting just to see you. Know, not only is the gospel shaping this church, but beginning to have you know um, impact on a larger community. So that's uh, really gratifying uh, seeing that happening in this city.
4: Awesome! Thank you guys so much for sharing. Can we thank the the panelists for all your contributions? <laughs> yeah, Uh, so that was all of the 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 why and the what. The question is, how do we make that happen? The answer is, not surprisingly, with money. <laughs> that's, what it's, that's what it will take for us to uh, to get there. And so we have a couple of goals. This this whole City Roots project is uh, geared towards raising the funds in order to make this a reality. Uh, so we have a couple of goals, a short-term goal and a long-term goal. The short-term goal is to raise the cash that we need to purchase this building and uh, and to, to move into it. So we are under contract right now. We have checked all the boxes that we need to check to close on this building March 31st. Uh, and so we need to raise $300,000 to have the remaining cash uh, for the down payment to close in the building the end of March. The second long-term goal is to renovate, uh, to raise funds to renovate and eventually occupy the whole building. And this will be, as Chipper mentioned in the video, this is probably three to five years down the road. It'll take us that long to raise the the cash as well as to do the work. Uh, On the low end of this, if we raise kind of one and a half million dollars then we're able to renovate the space and and utilize this whole space uh with additional financing so we could get another mortgage and do that if we raised kind of the the stretch dream goal you know of two and a half million dollars then we would be able to renovate and outfit this building debt-free which would leave us with tremendous amount of space in our budget for additional ministry so those are the couple goals chipper is going to share a little bit more about where we go from here.
3: First I want to mention that um, so Ryan did the building campaign that we had a very small one that we did to get from Joe Lees into this space originally uh, six or so years ago and now here he is working on this one. He's our chair of the leadership team for the City Roots project and he has just been doing an outstanding job for many months. Most of this work <laughs> Most of this work happens behind the scenes. You will never see it. It is exhausting, it is surprising, it is very stressful, um, and he has handled it with so much grace and competence. And so I just want to uh, show great appreciation to Ryan. So here's what we're going to need from you. Number one, we're going to need a lot of prayer. We need you to be contending in prayer over this project. To get us started, we came up with, we came up with our prayer team came up with a 31-day prayer guide. Uh, written, so 31 days' worth of devotionals written by different people in our church family. They compiled it, put it in a booklet, and those booklets are available already on the hospitality table, correct? Um, Yeah,
4: and and downstairs. And also
3: downstairs, where you'll go later. Um, Thank you to our prayer team. Uh, Paige Santiago and Josh Covey lead that team, have compiled this, done an amazing job. I hope every one of you will pick a prayer guide and follow along with us over the next 31 days and then keep praying after that. Uh, the second thing that we need are, i um, got some news on this one now, yeah. but I'll hold off so let Ryan, I'm not going to steal a line, I would never let him steal this thunder. I, w- I would never steal his thunder, because you'll see. You um, but we need gifts immediately towards the short-term goal, that $300,000, in order that we can actually close on this building on time. We actually start taking financial penalties if we don't close on time, so there's an urgency to close on time. The third thing that we need is pledges from all of you folks to invest in the long-term goal of raising at least 1.5 million, as much as 2.5 million dollars. And these would be these would be gifts. You'd pledge to give it now, then you'd be giving these gifts over the next few years. So this would be spaced out over an extended period of time. And then finally, um, we we need, especially students. We understand a lot of you say, "Hey, what would I give financially?" I don't have a lot of money, I don't even have a a consistent income right now. Uh, One opportunity that you have, we actually have share cards available, those will be available after the service that you can fill out, uh, and just kind of prayerfully think about who would I share this this project with, which people do I know in my life that might be interested in hearing about this actually might have some uh, capacity to give financially. So that's what we need from all of you, our church family. Uh, And I can tell you right now, hopefully I'm saying this as as respectfully and graciously as possible, but we are not the kind of congregation where we're going to have a few folks with deep pockets just fund all of this. It's going to be faithful generosity from everybody. It's going to be a lot of people giving generously in the life of the church. That's how we're going to meet this goal, and then also um, external partners and alumni chipping in as well. So that's how we get there, is when we're all contributing, when we're all invested. Um, Even if we feel like our investment is small, which I can assure you, It's really not. Yeah. So uh,
4: what's our progress so far on this? One and a half, two and a half million million sounds like a lot of money, and that is because it is a lot of money. Um, But the good news is that we have made some progress on this already. So we have been receiving gifts since November, since we announced this to our members at our members meeting. And then over the last six weeks, our, our home visit team has been approaching some, some leaders as well as alumni of City Church and sharing about this and asking them to do pledges in advance of this Sunday. Uh, and this is from the model of 1 Corinthians 29, where David, sorry, not 1 Corinthians 29, 1 Chronicles 29, where David is uh, convicted to raise the funds for the construction of the temple that Solomon is going to build. And he leads the example. He models that in his own generosity and the leaders of the city model their generosity. So we wanted to follow that that model. And uh, it's exciting to announce, so between dozens of special gifts that have come in since November, as well as 28 households, the leaders or alumni that have already given gifts or pledged three-year commitments, uh, that we have already raised or pledged $700,000. And I'll tell you what, our kids also did a change drive. They started a couple months ago. They would bring in dollars or quarters or whatever. They wanted to to give, and I don't want to embarrass my oldest daughter, but she heard about this in a class and she came home and she was so excited to get her piggy bank and to take some of her change and give towards the City Roots project. So they have been quietly behind the scenes giving and they have raised hundred and one dollars <laughs> all of our gifts. <laughs> And every bit of that is important. Every bit of that is important. Uh, and I'll also mention that we have, between gifts given or pledges uh, already made, that we have already hit our $300,000 goal for pledges. So praise God for his, his faithfulness there. So what do we need to do? Where do we go from here? Uh, one is if you have made a pledge to give to close, of course, please give that money by uh, March 14th is when we need that in order to schedule our closing date for the end of the month. If you would still like to make a gift towards closing, you say, I, I wanted to do that, haven't had a chance to do that. We can still use those funds. And so please feel free to, to uh, make those gifts. And then finally, what we're calling you to do is to prayerfully consider and to plan what it would look like to make a, a long-term commitment, a pledge towards the, the long-term goal and uh, to submit that by the end of March, March 30th. Um, we are going, at the end of this project, we are gonna have a big celebration. We're gonna party, we're gonna have fun, we're gonna praise God for his faithfulness and for how he's provided, and there's gonna be more details to come on the date and time of all of that in the coming weeks. Uh, for today, we have a special, uh, a special uh, celebration. There's going to be Baker Baker pastries uh, outside. And, and when you walk in, you probably saw the tents out in the parking lot. So we have a bunch of Baker Baker pastries out there, as well as these booklets that have all this information in there, as well as renderings and a pledge card, all that stuff. So we encourage you, uh, go out there after the service, grab some pastries, get a booklet, Uh, and grab a prayer guide. Commit yourself to prayer over this month, and grab a share card. And we'd love for you to pray about who you could share this with, three people you could share this with. Bring that share card back next week, put it in the offering box, and then we'll follow up with you about that. All right. Uh, Chipper, do you want to pray for us to uh, wrap up? Yeah,
3: absolutely. We do, Lord, commit this project to you, and I pray that this is not something that we would just kind of hold our breath and, and like, Let, let's get it done, and then, we'll, then we can enjoy, you know, a, a hopefully a new space. But I pray that the, the process of, of giving and, and waiting upon you, Lord, to make all this possible, that that process itself would minister to us and grow us as your people. I pray that all the leaders of this project and our church would be really attentive to you, Lord, and to your leading, um, and that this would serve the purposes of the ministry Uh, that you have given us here in in downtown Gainesville and never the other way around and so we do ask for that and pray that this would be a celebratory time as we uh, eventually gather in a few moments here outside um, to eat. I pray that you would uh, give us clarity about how we should be involved with this and boldness to move forward accordingly. We love you Lord very much and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you're about to hear the fastest sermon in the history of sermons. Our passage this morning is from the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. This is our theme passage uh, for our project, and so we felt like it would be good and wise uh, to preach from it this morning Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. passage will be up on the screen. If you have a Bible, we would encourage you to pull that out and follow along with us as well. I'm getting some reverb back here on stage, by the way, in case any mics are are unmuted right now. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Let me read this for us. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This is the true and authoritative word of God. Church, here's a bit of of real talk, although it's probably time to bury that phrase along with its cousin deep dive. Here's a real talk. We are not going to reach people in downtown Gainesville with a building. We are not. Some of you might be familiar with the line, if you build it, they will come. That's just actually a a slight um, misquote of a line from a movie that some of you might have seen, a fantasy baseball movie called Field of Dreams. That kind of thing might work in fantasy baseball movies. That's not how it works in the kingdom of God. We reach people only when we ourselves become a certain kind of people. And even then, it's really not us doing the reaching, it's the Lord reaching people through us. So we're going to take the briefest of looks at two questions this morning as we formally launch our City Roots project. Question number one, what kind of people should we be, shall we be? And then number two, what does this have to do with reaching people? What does that have to do with with reaching people in our downtown community. Let's start with that first question. Church, what kind of people should we be? Might we be? I think some of us, maybe a lot of us, are tempted to answer that question very moralistically. You know, we're to be good people, we're to be honest people, we're to be kind, gentle people. And that's not entirely wrong. There are certainly passages of Scripture that speak to the moral fabric of being a Christian. But the Apostle Paul gets at something far more fundamental here in this extended prayer for the Ephesian Christians, something that redirects our gazes away from ourselves and then ultimately toward the Lord. Instead of praying that the Ephesians would be Good Christian people. Paul pleads with God the Father that they might, verse 16, be strengthened with God's power through the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, that Christ might dwell in their hearts through faith. And in verse 19, that they might really know the love of Christ, particularly Christ's cross work, that kind of love, that they might really know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge and therefore be rooted and grounded in that love. And here's what the nature of this this prayer tells us. It tells us that you you can have the Holy Spirit without truly experiencing the Spirit's power. It tells us that we can know about the love of Christ and even believe in it and profess hope in it without experiencing and really enjoying that love. And it tells us that those are the main issues that we should be concerned about as God's people when it comes to becoming the people that God has called us to be that our goal as Christians isn't so much to be good, it's to be spirit-powered and just completely blown away by the love of Jesus. And it tells us that any good that comes from us is ultimately about that. It flows out of being strengthened with God's power by the Spirit and being captured by the love of Jesus. And talking about Christ dwelling in our hearts, there are a couple of words that Paul could have used here for dwell. One of them refers to basically being in a place temporarily, like you would a a hotel room. The other word refers to settling in a place permanently, just, just taking over the residence. And that's the word that Paul uses here in verse 17. Lord, would you settle our hearts. Would you just completely take over? And we are talking about an experience of God's love that is so powerful that it ends up crescendoing into praise, into doxology, just like it does for Paul here in verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work with us, within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Paul was experiencing so much of what he was praying for on behalf of the Ephesians that he just could not help himself. He was consumed with zeal for the glory of God, what you might think of of God's mostness, that, that that might just radiate among the people of God and wherever Jesus Christ is named and known. So our goal as Jesus' followers is to be full of praise and full of zeal for God's glory on account of our spirit-filledness, our grasp of Jesus' love. Even to the point that some folks might accuse us of just of being off our rockers, thereby joining Paul in solidarity since some of his opponents, and you see this back in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, accuse him of losing his mind. This is the kind of people that we ought to be or really should should want to be. This is the profile of a Christian as God intends it. Which means that a pretty decent number of us could use some, some revival in our hearts, couldn't we? Something along the lines of what the psalmist cries out for in Psalm 85, Lord, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you. We're not talking about becoming a Christian. Again, we're talking about having the Spirit of God at work in us in such a way that Christ has truly settled our hearts. It's completely taken over. The kind of thing that surely prompted Ukrainian Christians to sing a song called Let My Prayer Flow while gathered in a metro station in Kiev two days before Russia began its invasion. How might we experience this? This is the profile. How do we experience this? Church, there is... There's no shortcuts. There's an earnestness that's involved here. An earnestness on two fronts. On one hand, we're talking about this earnestness, this, This focused pursuit of God, this this beholding God. A.W. Tozer, he writes about it like this in his book called The Pursuit of God. To have found God and still to pursue Him is a paradox of love, scorned indeed by the too easily satisfied religious person, but justified and happy experienced by the children of the burning heart. Come near to the holy men and women of the past and you will soon feel the heat of their desire after God. They mourned for Him, they prayed, and wrestled and sought for him day and night, in season and out. And when they had found him, the finding was all the sweeter for the long-seeking. That kind of earnestness. Prayerful earnestness. Desperate prayer like you see in this text from the Apostle Paul. Contending prayer as Mark Sayers describes it. scripture saturated earnestness. Earnestness for fellowship with other Christians. So earnestness on that front in pursuit of God, and then secondly, earnestness away from anything that would keep us from pursuing and experiencing God. Brett McCracken wrote an article this week, It's one of the hardest articles I've read in a minute, but I I resonated with every bit of it. He wrote an article called, called, Are We Too Distracted for Revival? And he's not just talking about revival out there, but the kind of thing that the psalmist is talking about where we might experience revival in our own hearts. He was saying, listen, I, I pray for this night and day, but I think we're too distracted. We're too caught up in all sorts of different things. We're too, we're too cluttered mentally. So part of experiencing what Paul is talking about here means an earnestness toward God, but also the same thing against Anything that would interfere with our pursuit of God. It's about about slaying the distractions. You know, digital distractions. He asks in the article, and I think this is right, he says, I think we're actually too distracted as well, not just by our screens and and by all that. He's like, I think we're too distracted by our grievances, by our frustrations. It's keeping us from from really pursuing and focusing on the Lord with this kind of bright hot passion. If we're to be the kind of people that Paul is talking about in Ephesians chapter 3, it's going to take this earnestness. There's no shortcuts. This zealous earnestness in pursuit of God. And equally the same kind of earnestness against anything that would interfere that would keep us from pursuing and enjoying Him. And what does this all have to do with, with reaching people? What does this have to do with reaching people? In downtown wherever. Reaching people in downtown Gainesville in our world is not going to be some grand strategy. It's not going to be about having some sort of amazing building and facilities. Here's how we're going to reach here's here's what it means, here's what it looks like when we're reaching people. It's going to mean ordinary believers are being strengthened by God's power through the Spirit and overwhelmed by the love of God. Folks are going to put their hope in Christ and therefore be strengthened by the Spirit and rooted in the love of Jesus when they encounter other folks who are experiencing the same. And this is why very often you will hear these stories of the supernatural work of God in underground churches who can't even pop their heads basically above the ground because of the threat of persecution. Why is it happening? It's because people are encountering other people who are being strengthened by the power of the Spirit and just totally bowled over by the love of Jesus. And God is doing that in our midst church and I just want to I want to close with this example of what I'm talking about because this is this is our hope this is what we hope will keep happening as we pursue this this building and, and stay in Gainesville for a very long time there there is a a guy that was part of our church family for a while that was seeking that wasn't wouldn't consider himself a follower of Jesus um, and people. In this church family, and one person in particular, ministered to him very faithfully while we was here. But there was no, there was no conversion, there was no you know, baptism or anything like that. Eventually he moved um, out of state. And while he was living in this new place, he encountered a, an additional group of believers who continued to minister to him. And we found out just this week, this guy called one of the guys that goes to this church and said I have become a follower of Jesus now and the thing that really pushed me over the line was seeing yet another group of faithful believers just love me well and show me hospitality. So will God take this building and use it for his glory? Yes, I believe that's the case. But at the end of the day, people are going to come to know the Lord through faithful, long-term, invested people who are filled with the Spirit's strengthening power and who are just bowled over by the love of Jesus. And so, yes, I want you to think about how you might be a part of this City Roots project. I also want you to leave here asking the question, um, is Christ real to me? Is Christ real to me? Is, is he sort of this, this, this guy that I profess a certain amount of belief in, but is he real to me? Is, am I experiencing the love of Jesus? And if not, man, I hope, again, not only will you go down and get a card or whatever the case may be, I really hope that in the coming days, in the coming weeks, in the coming years, we go before the Lord desperately, pleading, for changed hearts, for renovated hearts, that we cry out like the psalmist and say, Lord, would you, would you revive us? Would you restore to us the, the joy of our salvation? I think if that's the kind of people that will be here in downtown Gainesville, then we will see people come to know the Lord, then we will see generosity that involves physical and emotional needs being met in spades, then I think God will, will do something very wonderful. Every week at City Church we participate in the Lord's Supper together. It's an opportunity for us as the people of God to reflect very specifically on Christ crucified and shed for us, to get to the very heart of the Gospel message, remembering and being spiritually nourished and fortified in our faith. I'm going to s- quickly set the table for communion Then there will be an elder or a deacon on either side of this table. When you feel ready, simply come up to one of the elders or the deacons that's here and take a, uh, they'll hand you a wafer out of a bowl, and then there will be some cups of juice up here on the table and you can pivot and you can take a cup of juice and then you can take communion up here. You can go back to your seats, however you want to do it. So I'll set the table for communion. I'll pray when you're ready to come, come. As you will see here, it's, been a, it's a unique service. We're going to have a unique end to the service. it will be relatively rapid, given the time. And then we hope that you will join us outside to ask questions about this project, to learn more about it, and see what God might do in you and through you. The Lord Jesus, in the night that he was to be betrayed, shared a meal with his disciples. And during the meal, he took the bread, and as he broke it, he said, This is my body given for you, broken for you. Do this whenever you eat of it in remembrance of me. In the same manner, after the meal, Jesus took the cup, and as he poured it, he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it, in remembrance of me. And Paul says, as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. And oh, how I hope that we are proclaiming the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ for decades to come in downtown Gainesville. Lord, we love you. We commit everything that we've been talking about this morning to you. Um, I do ask that we would approach this table, submitting ourselves to you in faith, asking you to work on our hearts as we receive this, that we might be strengthened with the Spirit's power, Father, and that we might grasp your love more fully more completely than we ever have. For those who are here that are not followers of Jesus, I pray that they would be, in, a, in an interesting way, encouraged by what we're talking about. And I pray that there would be a, a, a particular amount of meditativeness right now. That instead of taking this meal that they wouldn't say that they believe in, that they would simply reflect on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. May, the, may this profile of a healthy, flourishing Christian be a fresh source of pondering, Even dialogue going forward. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Crucified, raised up from the dead, let captivity captive, it is finished. He gave us the keys, his authority, now we are jointed.
1: Let's sing that chorus together, sing that chorus upon this rock. Join us. Let's sing this bridge. Let's... Build your church. Build your church. Build it from
0: the
9: ground up. It's your church. Sing it out. Build your
1: church. Build
9: your church. Build it from the ground up. We're your church. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. We're your church. Build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up, build your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up, it's your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up, sing it out, sing it out. in the gates of hell will not prevail When we bind and loose We proclaim your truth In the Jesus name we will not
1: fail One more time, that chorus, sing it out
9: You build your church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. When we buy.
10: Oh, great. It was a blessing to worship with you today. Um, just as a reminder, if you want to learn more about our City Ridge Project, you can go downstairs uh, outside to the tents. And if you want to learn even more, you can actually sign up for a home visit. That's totally not awkward and really awesome. Uh, we do one ourselves. Um, for this benediction, hear uh, this reciting of the Lord's Prayer. Padre nuestro, que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. Porque tuyo es adreno, tuyo el poder, y la gloria por siempre.
0: Amen.
1: Let's sing the doxology.
0: Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures, here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father Son and Holy Ghost. Amen.
1: Amen. Go in peace.